So two weeks ago, we started, up this, or we started the series Upside Down, and we kind of talked about this idea uh, that it isn't so much everything that we do and say that is what makes us a Christian. And we ended up reading Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23, which I'm going to throw up on the screen here in a second. Um, and it, it kind of scared us in some ways when we read it because of what it implied for us. It almost put a little bit of doubt in our own minds. And so I'm going to read it, and I think they put it up on the screens. If you guys want, you can turn there as well. I'm going to have it here. If you guys want to turn there in your own Bibles, feel free to. But it reads, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And when we read this, Brad brought up the fact that this can put doubt in us. It can make us wonder if we truly believe and if what, what we do, how, we living our, or how we're living our life is representing that. And if we are, as it says here, uh, only ones who do the will of my Father. It makes us wonder if we are doing the will of the Father. And so from there, we talked last week. We were talking a lot about serving, right? And that's what all those were going towards is we were talking about serving others and why we do it, why we aren't just kind of promoting ourselves. And so this week, we're actually going to take both of those things and we're going to tie them together and we're going to kind of go back and we're going to answer that question that came up in week one uh, of this idea of what is, what is the obvious sign of a Christian? What is the, the, the trademark, the telltale sign of a Christian? And so that's the question that we're going to answer and that's kind of the main point behind it. But before we delve too deep into that, um, I actually want to go into something that's a little bit of a, a lighter topic. How many of us uh, have babysat before? Almost every hand in the room. That's what I figured. How many do it maybe on a weekly basis still? Okay. A few more girls than guys. That's what I expected. How many of you enjoy it? Those of you that had your hands up. How many love to babysit? You love being around kids maybe. You just love the atmosphere. They're cute. They're adorable. You like to pour into them and provide for them, right? It's a fun thing to do just to watch a kid grow up in front of you. Um, and so... I actually, from a very young age, was put in charge of watching kids every Saturday night. Every Saturday, my family would host a Bible study. We'd have anywhere between five or six kids at minimum, upwards to 10 to 11 if it was a big night, that I would watch for about two hours, and I loved it. One of those kids came back and visited me. He moved down to Texas. He came back about a week or two ago, and I remember the very first time we met, and it was the very first time we did Bible study, sadly, he ended up uh, getting a really bad rug burn. But he said that those nights were easily some of the best nights of his life, even despite the rug burn. And there's an interesting story behind that, but he was fine, didn't have to go to the hospital. It wasn't quite that bad. It was almost. But uh, I really do. I love watching kids. I work at a summer camp. I watch kids all the time for Bible study. I even grew up when I was young, and... Uh, my mom ran a daycare, and so from the time that I was four or five, I remember being around kids all the time and taking care of them and looking after them in some way. And so uh, I actually have a photo to throw up on the screen 
Uh, these are my cousins. The first one is their Halloween costumes. They absolutely loved the Marvel movies when they came out. And the second one is uh, one that they took for their family photo. The one on the left there is the youngest. His name is Marius. The one in the middle is the oldest. Her name is Helena. And the one on the right is Monica, and she's the middle child. Um, I love my cousins. I don't see them very often. Uh, they live in Lander, Wyoming. And if you don't know how far away that is, it's about a 15-hour drive from here. And you can't fly in because the town is too small. And oftentimes the weather, especially during this season, is really bad out there. Um, I absolutely love getting to hang out with these guys when they're over, though. I remember all the time, I remember when they were born, they'd come over and I'd immediately go up to my aunt and I'd just ask her if I could watch them. I wouldn't get asked, I would ask her. And I'd spend anywhere from four to five hours just playing with them, taking them out, getting them food, providing for them. If they would get hurt or scrape their knee, I would immediately pick them up and I would care for them. I would provide for everything that they would need because I love them and I loved when they were around. And my aunt oftentimes after this would come back to me and she said, how have you done this for four to five hours? Like, I'm their mother. I understand how difficult it is just to entertain them for three to two hours. Yet at the same time, you're, I have no idea where you've been for the last five hours with them. And I say, honestly, it's, it's just because I want to see them smile. And that's something that maybe if you've babysat, you can understand. Like when you have a kid and you really enjoy looking after them, when they smile, even if you're doing something extremely silly, it just brings a joy to your heart. It makes you happy. And so with this, I will always be there to take care of them. If there's ever something they need, if there's ever anything that they can't provide for themselves, I will be there to help them and to serve them. Even if it makes me exhausted, even if I get nothing in return, I'll do it just because I love them. And we all probably have people like this in our lives, right? We all have people, whether it's a friend, a family member, a cousin, that when they're around, all we want to do is care for them and love for them. Whether they need just a shoulder to cry on, maybe it's a warm ride home after school if they're a friend and they normally have to walk. Or even if it's just a quick snack or something before sports that you provide for them just every day because you know they're hungry. It's something that we want to do. We, we aren't asked to do it, but we just want to. It's in our hearts. And the only reason we do it is because we love them. And we want to serve them and provide them and take care of them. And so, if it is for them, it doesn't matter what the request is. If they're in trouble or in need, we'll be there for them. We'll try to provide for them. So this is exactly the kind of behavior, actually, that the Bible says is the obvious sign of a Christian. Exactly what we were looking at when we talked in Matthew, when it said, those that do the will of my Father who is in heaven, those are the ones that are accepted, and this is the behavior. And so tonight we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at it actually specifically in Matthew 25. So if you guys want, you can turn there. But we're going to look at what Jesus says about it. And here actually in Matthew 25, Jesus is talking to his disciples moments before, or not moments, days before he's about to be crucified. It says that actually this is two days before the Passover, two days before the Last Supper, and it's one of his final teachings recorded in Matthew for disciples. And so in it, he starts off in this teaching by saying that uh, the king will return. And he's referring to actually when he comes back 
and the final days, in the final days of judgment. It says the king will return with angels around him sitting on his throne, and he's going to separate the nations, and he will put sheep on his right like a shepherd, and he will put the goats on his left. And so that's where we kind of pick up in this is in Matthew 25, verses 34 through 46. And so it'll be on the screens behind me, uh, and you are free to follow along as well. But it reads, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you a stranger, or sorry, when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Then the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you, sorry, I lost my, I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And so as we look at this and we break it down, this gives a perfect example of the sign the telltale sign of a Christian, what that means. It goes back to Matthew 7, and it displays and shows what Jesus meant when he said, those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven, and those who come and just say, Lord, Lord, and who he casts away and says, I do not know you. And this is the difference between them. And so as we take a look here at these verses, uh, the very first one that we're going to actually look at is the very first verse, 34. Here we see the, the speaker first is God. He's speaking of the final judgment. He's speaking of when Jesus comes back and God in his, in his glory with the angels around him. And who is he speaking to? His audience is Christians. His audience is believers. And right away he declares that as he's coming back, they are receiving their birthright prepared for them since the beginning of creation. And it says it plainly. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. He says that this is something that was prepared in advance, that was theirs as their birthright, their birth into their lives with Christ. Anybody who is a believer, who has asked Christ in their life to be saved, this is their birthright. This is what they are deserving. And he tells them immediately after in the verses that follow why he deserves it. And so we look then at the verses 35 through 36, and he explains to them. He says, 
For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. He's telling them the reason that you deserve these things, the reason that shows why you're a believer, the telltale sign, the obvious sign, was that they were doing these acts for him. They were serving God. But in it, it says that they'll be confused. Instead, they'll respond. And that's verses 36 through 39. And they say to him, when did we do these things? They say to him, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in? When did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you naked and clothe you? When did we see you in prison and sick and take after you? They're confused because they don't even know what they've done because it was the intentions of their heart. They didn't have to think about doing it, but instead just chose to. It's what they wanted to do. When my cousins came over, I didn't have to wait for my aunt to ask me if I could look after them. I didn't have to think about maybe if I should because it was the right thing to do or the nice thing to do. But rather, I just wanted to. It was what my heart desired. It was what it longed after. And this is what it says is the change. This is what the sign of a Christian is. This is what happens to our hearts when we accept Christ. Instead of wanting to serve to benefit ourselves, like we talked about last week, instead of looking for power and gain, when we're helping others, we simply do it because we love them and we want what's best for them. And that's God's response in verse 40. It says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. He says that a a believer, a Christian, is somebody who goes out of their way to help others because they want to, not because they have to. The obvious of a Christian is not somebody who helps others to be saved, but somebody that helps others because they're saved. And this is what he points at. This is what the will of the Father was. One of his top commandments that he gave was love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love everybody else around you. Love your neighbor. And he set to do that by serving them. And so then we look at the last few verses that follow, and it says in verses 40 on that he turns then to the people on his left, and he says to them, I do not know you, right? Same thing that he said in Matthew 7. He says, he will turn to them, and he says, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. But it says they will answer in the same way. It says they will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? Or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? These are the people, the same people that it talks about in Matthew 7. They did good things, I'm sure, in their life. They went out and they helped people. They may have even said they were believers in Christ and they were trying their hardest on the outward to serve God. 
but their intentions in their heart, the reason why they wanted to do it was not to love those people, not to help them, not to bring them into God's love and kingdom, but instead they wanted to benefit themselves. They were looking to build themselves up and make themselves better. They were only looking for the gain for themselves in it, not for the benefit of the others. They weren't truly serving them. And so we look at what all this means and we say, what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you? I really like the analogy that Brad had you in the first talk. Oftentimes we start to doubt ourselves and we may question and we ask ourselves, how do I know that I'm a Christian? How do I know that I actually believe what I say I'm believing? And he said, oftentimes there's a moment when we realize the coin has dropped. You go into a vending machine, you put the coin in, but there's a moment when you just know that it's actually hit the bottom. And then the results come out. You get the soda, you get the snack. We can look at the results and we can see the change. And that's what our hearts want. The change is that we want to go out and serve people. The change is that we no longer are trying to serve others to save ourselves, but whether we realize that we serve others because we have been saved. We serve others because we want to, because it's what we want in our hearts, and we love them. And this isn't always easy to do, and sometimes it's awkward at first. There are tons of people around us that maybe we even ignore that we can serve. Tons of people, whether it's in your school, maybe it's that classmate who always walks down the hall by themselves, who always has their head down low and doesn't seem to ever talk to anybody. We can go up to them. We can talk with them. We can love them. They may have gone through hardship and need someone to lean on, and we can be that person. That's what the true sign of a Christian is. I always love, there's a story about a, a scholar who was in London. He uh, had finished up his graduate and was graduating from London, and he decided uh, that he was actually really interested in the Christian faith. He was intrigued by it, and he loved the belief that people had in it and the caringness and kindness behind it. And so when he graduated, he actually went and lived with a family in Africa, a Christian family, and he thought this was the perfect chance to see what the Christian faith was like, and to actually see how believers of it acted. And while he was there, they were apathetic towards him. But they didn't serve him. They didn't care for him. As a matter of fact, everything that they said, they didn't do. They didn't believe. Their actions, how they treated others around them, did not reflect what they said they believed. Instead, as a matter of fact, if anybody asked them for something, they were reluctant to give it. As a matter of fact, we're oftentimes spiteful if people asked and would grumble about it behind their backs. This guy walked away and went back to London and eventually became one of the most well-known activists at the time. Today we look at him and we say that he changed the world and his name was Gandhi. And he turned away from his interest in faith because the people he was around weren't being loving. They weren't serving. 
And he could not see what people were actually saying they believed. That's the sign. And so as we go to small groups tonight, as we go from here, as we go from Oasis and we go back to our homes, as we go back to our schools, we have to ask ourselves, are we serving others? Are we serving them to benefit ourselves? Are we serving them to make our lives better, to gain? Or are we doing it because we love them and we want them to see God's love? We want to bring them into our family, into the inheritance that was set at the creation of time. It could be people in your school that walk down the hall. It could be someone in your neighborhood. Whether it's a family that's just struggling. It could even be relatives that are just in hard times. It could be someone sitting next to you in this room that you don't know. It could be someone in your small groups. People all around us need and want God's love. And we are called to give it, to serve them. And this is the sign of an obvious true Christian. And so we'll all wonder, we'll all doubt at some point. I had a friend uh, who taught out at the camp that I go to every single summer for a week. And he challenged everyone. And he said, as a matter of fact, at some points, doubt Doubt the Bible. Question it. Bring up questions to it. Because if you do, you'll find your answer. And so at some point, we'll all doubt our own faith at some point as well. I've done it. Every single time that I have, the answer that I come to on how I know I'm a believer is because there's a definitive time when I can look and the coin dropped and I said to myself, something changed in my heart that day. And I no longer was trying to do things for myself, to benefit, to pull myself up, even meant putting others down, but instead did the opposite and started to serve them and love them, even if it meant that I got trampled on and I was put down and I didn't get anything from it if I was exhausted at the end of the day. That's the sign of a true Christian. That's the sign. And so before we go to small groups, that's the question that I want to leave you with. In your own life, how are you serving others? How are you loving them? Are you doing it for yourself, for your own gain? Or doing it because you love them? Because you want what's best for them? Because you want them to share in the inheritance that is given by God? Let's pray.